Hello folks, this is the Nerd One Podcast. I am Vincent, and today we are doing a review of Mandalorian Season 2. So sit down, buckle up, we're going to nerd out. Alright, so we're going to get this out of the way right now. Uh, spoilers. Yeah, I am going to totally go over the nooks and crannies of this season. So, if you have not seen the season and you don't want to be spoiled, do pause this. Binge the, se- the season. It's only eight hours, right? Take a day. And come back and listen to this. But with that, you know, that said, let's, um, let's move on. So, to say I was excited for this season is an understatement. After the events of season one, and then, then they dropped a trailer for season two, I was just, I was ready for this season to come out. And I hate how Disney Plus, you know, makes you go a week at a time, but I also love it. Because, I mean, I'm the kind of guy of, you know, once the season's over, and if it was good enough, I am basically um, the guy who's like, okay, so uh, next season is like, what, next month? Next year? Oh, crap. Um, I guess I'll just watch it all over again. You know, you know, I'll just keep watching it, you know, back again and again and again. But one, one thing I really enjoyed about the season was that each episode moved the plot along at least a little bit. It didn't really feel like any episode was really, you know, just filler. I mean, there were some parts that felt like, you know, okay, it wasn't here, but, you know, it really felt like every episode had something to contribute to the Mandalorian, you know, character, to its, you know, episodes, and, actually, and even some episodes to the Star Wars universe overall. Because, you know, of course we visited familiar planets. We saw some familiar characters, you know, some from last season, uh, some we've known from other incarnations of Star Wars, canon, um, and even dropping names of characters who were once legends, now canon again. Um, probably the one of the biggest things of this season were the cameos. And it didn't really start off until about probably about the second half of the season. The right episode four, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, where we really started seeing, you know, other characters coming in. Because, of course, it's always, you know, the Mandalorian and the child. Or Grogu, which we found out. You see? Spoiler. Um, but we... You know, we get to see, uh, I already said it, spoiler, we get to see Ahsoka in her live-action form, played by uh, Rosario Dawson. And, I mean, she did it beautifully. And one thing I really enjoyed is when that episode happened, it wasn't really like, is that her? Is that her? Is it her? It was just flat out, yep, it's her. It's like, just let's get it out there. Because she is a very strong character, 
she's a very popular character, so it's one of those don't don't hide her. You know, we all know it's her. Let her be her. The only thing I wish they would have done is explained where she got her lightsabers. Because for those who saw the Clone Wars, you know, up to at least season, you know, into season six, she gave back her lightsabers. And even in, you know, season seven, um, spoiler for Clone Wars, if you haven't seen season seven yet, she dropped them. She left them, you know, to basically fake her own death. So, I mean, it is explained in the Ahsoka novel where, well, I mean, I'll just, I'll just tell you now. Basically what happens is that after she kind of goes in hiding underground, she comes across uh, two of Vader's Inquisitors, who basically, an Inquisitor is a sensitive being to the Force, not fully trained. They're basically sensitive enough to, you know, use the Force, have some sort of instinct on it, and they're given lightsabers. Um, I'm, I believe these two were like kind of kind of low level, you know, not very high ranking kind of guys. They feel her like in the force. They, you know, come after her. She takes them down with, I believe, believe she's going with ease, just without her lightsabers, with just the force itself and her skill. Takes their lightsabers, extracts the crystals, heals them. Because, as we all know, dark side users, their crystals, well, if if you're from the original, I guess now Disney, it's Legends for Disney, a lightsaber crystal for a Sith, you know, for a Sith was synthetic kyber. But for canon, the lightsaber, the lightsaber crystals from the kyber crystals, they are bled. Because it's explained that basically a Kyber crystal is basically alive, in a sense. So what happens is that a dark side user will pour their rage into a crystal and give it their hate, their anger, and basically make it bleed, which turns it red. So Soka takes these, you know, two guys' lightsabers, takes their crystals out, heals them, so they're no longer bleeding. But instead of returning back to their you know, original blue, green, or whatever color might have been, they turn white because they're healed. And she makes two lightsabers just out of parts that she finds. So, now you know. Hey, this is why you listen to Nerd 1. You learn stuff here. Um, another character that they brought in as well was Boba Fett, which, I mean, just from the first episode of the season, we saw his face. And... We were all excited. If you weren't excited, we'll talk later about stuff. But, you know, instead of him just being like a one-off, a one-episode character, he basically becomes a solid part of every episode that he's in. He's not just someone in the background. He's just not someone making their, you know, one or two line cameos, one or two lines that they need to do and get off screen. It's like he is there. He is, you know, basically come back as full bass mode. You know, a little cocky, which is good. But he makes sure that he, I don't say owns the scene, but he is there 
knowing that he is in the scene and you will know that he is in that scene. And it works so well because with, you know, Mando or Din Djarin, you know, it is his show. It is his run. So every time they're in the scene together, you know, you know that that's Boba and that's Din Djarin. And just how they're both portrayed on screen is awesome. Because you know they're both Mandalorian, but they're their own Mandalorians. And with with Din Djarin, it was really... You could see some major character development in this. Because season one, he was about the bounty. He was, you know, the next job. And when things went down, after he took the child back, it was basically just, you know, run, hide, keep child safe until he knows what to do with it. Season two is basically find the child's place. Uh, he sent on a mission to, you know, find his people, which are the Jedi, which another reason why I got hyped for the season from that, you know, trailer, we were told, you know, he's got to find the Jedi. Cool. I'm... I was in before, but now more than in on this. But throughout season two, he becomes more than just a Mandalorian. I mean, with with him being the guardian of Grogu or Baby Yoda or the child, however you want to call him, he becomes a father figure to him. He cares for the child. He wants the child to make right choices. You know, he's trying to guide the child into basically becoming, you know, the best he can be. And in the episode with Ahsoka, uh, she's able to communicate with the child to first learn his name, being Grogu. But also learning that he was in the temple during episode three, during, you know, Anakin's, well, purge of the temple. That's all it really was. And all he remembers is that he was taken by someone and that was all he remembers so it was really really cool to kind of get a little more history on the child and you know kind of on that you know really every character that they brought in it didn't feel forced it was like one of those we need this person to be in this episode why? Oh, they're popular and they'll kind of bring raids up. No, each person that came in in this, you know, whether it was Ahsoka, uh, Bo-Katan, Boba, they all had some reason to be there. Whether they were there just for one episode, two episodes, or for, you know, multiple episodes. So that's one thing I really liked was that it had, the season had a good flow to it. And also, I loved seeing that there was still a presence of the Empire. You know, we're not sure, you know, fully what shapes it's in. If there's some sort of, you know, power struggle going on of who's in charge. If it's the Moff Gideon, if it's the Grand Admiral. Um, or is, like, every person, like, being their own faction of the Empire now. But... You know, there is a good presence of the Empire there, along with, you know, TIE Fighters, loads of Stormtroopers, which is a lot of fun. 
Um, also, there was a lot of those, you know, kind of, oh shit moments in this season. And some of them came from, of course, the cameos. Um, some came from, you know, that feeling of anticipation that you know something's going to happen. You do or don't want it to happen. And what it does is like that chill that you get. There was a lot of those in there. And I like those. Those are fun. It just builds up and builds and builds up and all of a sudden it pays off. And I'll say right, say this right now. Um, the season finale had a uh, better female team up than they did in Endgame. I mean, I love Endgame. I think it's a phenomenal movie. Um, I'll debate anyone who says it may not be. But, you know, that team up felt forced in Endgame. I mean, not Infinity War. Infinity War actually had a good female team up. And, you know, this episode of the season finale of Mandalorian had a good female team up. It made sense. It wasn't like one of those, hey, gals, let's get together. It's like, no, okay, here's team one, here's team two. Let's do our thing. So, I liked it. Um... And of course, you know, the, the last kind of like, well, last two, you know, spine chilling things that we got was, of course, we got the Luke Skywalker cameo. And, you know, even from Mark Hamill saying, it's amazing with everything going on, with all the technology we have, how we were able to keep this under the wraps for so long. And it's true, you know. When we saw the X-Wing kind of, you know, enter, you know, the docking bay for that Imperial light cruiser, there was always that, oh, it might be him. And then it became, oh, please be him. And of course you see, you know, the black hood, you know, the black cape and a green lightsaber popping out. And then you're like, oh man, it could be one or two people carrying that lightsaber. Because my theory was either it was, it was either Luke or Ezra, Ezra Bridger. And, I mean, I would have been happy with either, to be honest. I mean, having Luke there makes more sense. Because, you know, he is, I mean, this is five years after um, Return of the Jedi. So I believe he is in process of starting his Jedi Academy. I believe. Um, I know he took a few years between between, you know, Return of the Jedi and this to actually kind of go out, find more Jedi artifacts, find more Jedi you know literature to kind of fully develop himself first. But when he, you know, just cleans through, he just he, I would say he walked through the dark troopers, but he he took it down with ease. While, you know, Din Djarin and really everyone in his crew just had trouble, you know, even facing one by themselves. Din, Din Djarin faced one by himself. He took it down pretty much after he exhausted his, you know, weaponry. He literally had to take it down with a Beskar, you know, staff. And also, that fight between Moff Gideon and Din Djarin 
that you know dark saber versus you know beskar staff battle that was awesome that was phenomenal i mean j just seeing you know those two go at it and you know neither of them being you know force sensitive but i mean that was probably the best lightsaber fight you know of the season because yeah we got ahsoka versus you know the mandalorian it was good, but it was hero versus hero, so you know, you know it wouldn't last very long. But then you get, you know, Moff Gideon versus Din Djarin, the Mandalorian. And it's one of those, hey, how long is it going to go on? What's going to happen? And you just kind of sit in your seat. And even though the fight's not that long, it feels like it takes forever. And it's awesome. So, one thing I know I said, because we did a, a mid-season check-in on this. I know I said I didn't really want this season to be a jumping off point for other characters. And that's kind of what happened. I mean, we we all knew Soko was going to show up. But there was no confirmed rumors or any kind of solid rumors that she would be getting her own series. There's always the hope. And just like Rosario Dawson wasn't fully confirmed to play Ahsoka, but we all knew. So, but with everything coming out um, on this, you know, with, you know, Ahsoka having her cameo and now confirmed series. And then, oh, well, the second spine chilling moment, you know, from the season finale was, you know, the after credits you know, part where Boba returns back to Jabba's palace and takes it over and becomes basically, well, I'm not sure if it makes him the crime lord of the Hut clan now, because, I mean, there's still other Huts out there, but he is now taking the position, you know, of Jabba's palace, you know, on Tatooine, and now he's going to have his own series called The Book of Boba. Which is just awesome. Coming, you know, I guess 2021, Christmas time or so. Which is good and bad. It's good because, you know, love how, how they did the character in The Mandalorian. It's bad because they're saying that because of, you know, the Book of Boba, they might delay Mandalorian Season 3 to 2022. Yeah. But, oh, as I was saying, so I didn't really want... This, this season to be a jumping off point but for those two spinoffs we're going to have I have faith in them because I know that you know John and Dave are both well, uh, John Favreau and Dave Filioni um, John and Dave are you know on board to at least help with these spinoffs and they, if they give the same kind of love attention and detail to them they're going to be massively successful because you have two very strong characters getting their own series. So if, it, if it's written well, directed well, then yeah, they're going to go great. And I'm all in on it. I mean, they're two phenomenal characters. How can I, how can I not be in? But overall season two Mandalorian was great. It was phenomenal. 
Um, like I said, I want more. I want it now, but I understand they still got to write and direct and you know edit all that stuff. And yeah, so I will be very much anticipating all of the Star Wars, you know, series coming out. Like we're getting Bad Batch, we're getting the Obi Wan series, we're getting like I said the Book of Boba, we're getting the Ahsoka series, and eventually we'll get series, season three of Mandalorian. But, but folks, that's all I got for this time. So once again, I am Vincent. This is the Nerd One Podcast. Come find us on social media. We're still doing Twitter, Nerd One Five. Yeah, we're still you know checking on Instagram and Facebook at Nerd One Podcast. Email is Nerd One Podcast at gmail.com but folks if you don't mind uh, do share the episodes we are very close to a 5,000 downloads for this for this year so if you don't mind um, share the episode you know on your social media you know text it to your friends or if you hate this series text, text, it, text it to your enemies you know get some revenge on them or you know atonement let's, let's call it atonement not revenge atonement But folks, take care out there. Have a very happy new year coming up. We'll talk to you soon. Stay safe out there and have a great night or day or afternoon or evening. Whenever you may be listening to this.